everybody welcome to the show episode 40 the spinners lit i'm your host spencer and with us tonight uh via the wonderful magic of the interwebs uh is technology uh, technology that's right uh is the roundtable crew and we've got a, a member that hasn't been on the show before uh so we've got dan and brian and then we've also want to welcome jeff claybaugh to the show welcome jeff hey thanks for having me Man, glad you finally got you on the show. So uh, there's a lot to talk about, and it's really funny. I'll start it up first with, like, we did the last episode, and it was just me and Dan, and then, like, like on a Saturday, because we always do this on a Saturday, and, like, the following Monday, the news broke about uh, Spooky Pinball and releasing Halloween and uh, simultaneously Ultraman. And uh, it's, like, it's so funny because, like, man, we're always a day late and a dollar short, you know? We always do a show, and, like, the following Monday, something really cool gets released. So, um, it so just gives us time to ruminate on those events it and does. what they really mean. It it does, it does. So we're going to jump right into uh, topics in the news and just what's going on in the pinball hobby in the in the pinball world. Uh, we're going to start off with Deep Root D O A. So uh, I'll kind of get the ball started, and you guys can jump in anytime. Um, Deep Root Pinball—that's a loose term. Uh, if you don't know, if you don't follow Pinside closely or other forms of social media, uh, and then I don't really know why you listen to this podcast. But anyway, uh, uh, their their founder, um, a a lawyer by the name of Robert Mueller, uh, is now under investigation and being sued by the uh, uh, the uh, was it the Federal Exchange Commissioner. The SEC, the Securities and Exchange Securities and Exchange Commission, yeah. People who you do not want to be sued by. Right. So what That's I That's a bad thing. Yeah, from what I understand, what I've been led to, to understand is if they file a lawsuit, it's not like they don't they don't go off half cock. They've been studying and, and researching and investigating for months and months and months on end. And if if they release something like this into the public it's because they've got pretty much a solid case, um, kind of a la Bernie Madoff. So basically what this dude was doing was, um, or is accused of doing, is uh, about $58 million uh, in investments taken from people invest, investing their retirement money into various companies and corporations. And this guy had been funneling this stuff into the pinball company that in five years nearly has not produced a single game um and just it, it's it's you know the, the long and short of it is, is it's all a load of bs uh they never built a game they never did anything they took a bunch of people they stole and 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 uh, swindled a bunch of people their money looks like this guy if found guilty which it looks like he's gonna be is gonna go to prison and uh j-pop who hasn't been able to make a real game in like almost 23 years uh still has not made a game so 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 uh, number one like is it surprising anybody that it turns out that he was probably just using deep, deep root to launder illegitimate money? I mean, it all makes sense now if you look at it, right? Like, you know, I got to spend money on something. Let's found a pinball company. Oh, man, hundreds of thousands of dollars are disappearing a month and we don't do anything with it. Well, what's interesting, too, is the, the SEC file that showed all the different LLCs that, that Deep Root had created. So 
there was not only the the deep root pinball company but there was a animation sports yeah sports television company the an ohana trust a a deep root llc incorporated uh group there was about i'd say eight or nine different deep root related companies that all essentially were sent money or used money to help propagate those businesses from his insurance uh sales well the investments of the retirees towards his insurance uh company quote unquote and and investors company yeah and just literally stole all that didn't return anything and ended up you know of course costing a whole bunch of retirees a lot of money as that's rough that's that's a terrible thing it's it sucks. The pinball community obviously got super hurt. Anyone who put in pre-orders obviously is going to lose them. Uh, but Assumedly. Damn, yeah, but damn, the retirees in, in that case, the people who actually trusted him to help invest their money so that they were better off. I mean, here's the thing. Screwed. If the pre-orders are in an escrow, as they should be, there's a chance that pre-order money will be recoverable. So it's not completely over for people with pre-order money. Uh, I would say, I mean, I'm not a lawyer, I'm not a economist, I'm not an accountant, so I couldn't say for sure. But if it works how I think it's supposed to work, there is a chance, you know, that they might come out at least whole. But it's it's a crushing disappointment for the people who did have faith, or even the people like me who are just like, ah, fuck it, let's see how it works out. Because we really could have used a big success story, even a fucked up long-term one, like, you know, Deep Root was turning into. Uh, and yeah, naturally it's just gonna be another example of, you know, pinball is hard, unsavory people are getting involved in, in pinball. And it's gonna make it that much harder for the next spooky to, you know, get off the ground because people will have very, very little faith in startups. On the other hand, it does make Skit B look a lot less uh, serious now, doesn't it? <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, John Papaduke's record is still just as tarnished as it always has been. If anything, at least some of the J-pop people came out of it a little bit better off than they were. But yeah, it's definitely not going to do anything for his <laughs> reputation. I'm yeah. man. He's going to be at JJP next year. <laughs> yeah. Steve Ritchie will be kicking his ass though. Well, you know, everybody, even people that were naysayers like me from the beginning, you know, I don't remember, you know, we talked about this uh, from time to time on and off the show. It was like, well, crap, they haven't taken anybody's money, you know, so, you know, that's that you know of. Right. But I mean, you know, like they haven't asked for any pre order money on the games, and we're like, well, they say ridiculous stuff, you know, and it's like, this is nonsense. But, well, you know what, man, they haven't asked for a dime from anybody. So, Screw it. Let's see where this ride goes, you know? And then I'll cop to it. That was me. I was the one who's always like, look, yes, they seem shady. Yes, the dude has a big mouth, but at least he's putting his own money, which it turns out he wasn't, where his mouth is. And then he did take money, and then he shit the bed. Sorry, am I too loud? Slightly. No, you're great. No, you're doing great. Well, now it's going to be. Apparently, I'm, I'm pegging the sound levels in here. Okay. I'm trying to sit back from the microphone too. I'm trying oh, not okay. to lean. Turn the game on. I've, we're all. Yeah, you're doing fine. Good. Don't worry. On, on this podcast, we are the bastions of professionalism. Like <laughs> I'm our not a bastard. Yes, you are. Our production is actually no. I am. Uh, our production is second to none. 
So I mean, it's second to everyone. <laughs> there you go. Well, my basement is almost finished. The bathroom, the concrete is drying, and and orchard yes. dungeon go. There you go. And then uh, Monday, the contractors come back in, finish the tile, finish the bathroom, and then it's done. So I can move into my office. Then I'm going to set up the. Uh, I'm going to. I'm getting some new mics. I'm going to set up the the mixing board. Start working on that. So we should see some improvements, hopefully down the road. But hey, you know what? We're getting content out there, and that's. That's what's really important. The kids love us. It's worth what you pay for it. There you go. To put a little topper on the, on the last conversation there. I think what I have learned about pinball companies is that if you want to claim to be a pinball company, the easiest way to do it is to start making a product and then to show your product, regardless of whether or not you're creating a company to do it, whatever, show me a pinball machine. And show me that you've got everything that you need to make a pinball machine. Forget about the company. If you've got an awesome product, people will buy it. But if you tell us we're going to make a company and we're going to, it's going to be the next revolutionary thing. And all these other companies are going to lose so much market share from us because we're going to do it new and we're going to do it cool. It's all talk until you see a physical machine and the capability to make lots of machines like bar none. That's why Haggis is doing just fine. That's why uh, I haven't heard of Haggis shipping more than one game with Celts. No, I've seen I've seen Celts. Have they done more than one Celts? I know they ship one. I've, I have I have heard and seen a few and seen pictures of people with them in their houses. Well, that's a few more games. I don't than know. Hebrew shipped. I'm not going to say uh, uh, tens of, or I'm not going to say hundreds or anything. But and then of course the the crew making the remake of Fathom. Uh, well, that's the same people. Right. So, like, again, same thing. Money where their mouth is. They actually have a product. Now they're going into this. Yeah. Well, let's see. Like I said, let's, let's, let's hope that it, it goes real well for them. They seem like stand up folks. <laughs> and now that we have me on recording saying how great they are, if it does mess up, I'll well, come back on. You didn't say they were great. You simply said that they're shipping products. Hey, they, they actually have a product, and, that, and that's what to start. And they can prove, they've actually proven they actually have a manufacturing facility. So. Right. Well, the, the irony of what happened with Deep Root is also like, I think that a lot of people, you know, again, myself included, were really giving them the benefit of the doubt because apparently uh, Robert was a pinball aficionado, a rich pinball aficionado who simply wanted to get into the business to, to do things the way that he thought that they should be done. I mean, again, it's just a real shame that it just turns out that he's another scamster, you know, like yeah. it would just, we really needed this to be a success. You know, I mean, it's probably not going to, it's probably not going to hurt our established players. Like, I don't think JJP, Spooky, or Stern are going to come out of this looking worse. And hopefully it doesn't hurt the smaller guys, the Haggises of the world. But again, I think it's going to make it harder for the next, uh, trust. Yeah. Yeah. The next, the next little company with a big idea to get in the game because, yeah, you know, people, <laughs> people can only get pushed so far. A lot of people, this is their, their third, fourth time being burned. And I mean, even though some companies pull the, the rise from the ashes thing, like, uh, like apparently is happening with Dutch pinball and, you know, pinball brothers, which I still think is a giant, like a giant situation for people who are in on highway aliens. And, you know, now we got the pinball brothers aliens and I think they got left holding the bag, but it's apparently out there. Uh, you know, it's just like, who's, Who's going to get in the game next, if anybody? And you know how how trusted are they going to be? 
I, mean, I can guarantee Brian any, Pinball. Anybody who gets in I'll give pinball, you $8,000, sir. There you go. I can guarantee you. It, okay. To any new aspiring pinball companies, I can guarantee your success if you just do this one thing. This one little thing. Stay the fuck away from John Papadou. He's poison. He's a cancer. He's a fucking turd in the punch bowl. Serious. This guy doesn't be like hiring Hitler to play in a band that your kids bar. Okay, that okay? that seems a little harsh. Okay, I mean, yeah, a little. That is just like he's clearly not helping anything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously, yeah, he's he's not a proven winner. <laughs> I mean, well, who was who did what? What was the company he did before Zidware? Papadook. With the little pinballs. Why can't they think of the name? Zizzle. Zizzle. Zizzle ships some games. Well, he was, he was just a hired gun to make it. They were just a toy company. So. Yeah, but they made little tiny pinball machines. <laughs> okay. Like, you played the Zizzle pinballs. I mean, they're obviously not real pinballs, but, I mean, you know, they're something. Like, if, if he's working for somebody, he has the capacity to, to design an interesting and innovative product. Like, as much as you like to shit on Papa Duke, his games are loved. And, if, and there are still people who are like, Look, house, I would love to see him succeed. And shit on his fucking front door. Knock on the door, wait for him. How much money for... did you have invested that you lost with? Zero. With, with I just, okay, I there not, you go. So I get over pinball, it. And you I know, like I said, man, you're, 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 hate, you're hating too hard. You know, it's it's a shame this didn't work out for him. It's not his fault. I seriously doubt that he was the one, you know, talking grandmas out of their retirements. But, you know, it just goes to show the kind of guy who will hire John Papadou. <laughs> and and everyone thinks Jersey Jack is pretty uh, sketchy, too. So I think it's going to work for JJP next. Probably for minimum wage. You know, I, I wouldn't want that guy to, to be the guy that says you want prize with that, okay? No. Anyway, <laughs> you wouldn't get you wouldn't get any fries. Well, so, <laughs> where are the fries at, John? So they're like, magic they're the fries, but you can't have them. So they're magic. So, so the the one thing I did like about about the thing that Deep Root had done was to try and do something with a with a lockdown bar that was more than just a lockdown bar. Like they they seriously tried to do something new. It had issues, but at least there was some tech and money and resources spent, and and it's a kind of an idea that's that's now seemed to make its way into Stern, albeit very very simply in terms of that insider connection QR code that's yeah. on its apron. Yeah. Well, Rosa didn't look shitty. Like it was a lame idea, but it looked like it was a cool game, mm -hmm. and it looked like it worked. You know, like I said, the, yeah. the the drag of it was again. I don't think it's Papa Duke's fault. I think Papa Duke did what he was supposed to do. He delivered a workable design. Some mechanical engineer made it work. You know, it simply was with a company that either didn't have the ability to manufacture it, and then as it turned out, was was built was built on a uh, a throne of lies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you sit on a throne of lies. Uh well, there you go. Well, Jeff brought up the Stern connectivity, which is our next topic. So nice segue. Yeah, beautiful segue, Jeff. Well, I, like yeah, a professional. I'm trying to help move things along. You're a fucking yeah. professional. 
Straight out pro status. The best episode of this show so far was the one that my wife was on. Mm. And I think Spencer will agree with that. Now, my wife's been podcasting for 20 fucking years. And so like, she just kept us moving along. So yeah. good job, sir. So that is an interesting new new start. Is uh, oh, I'll let you intro that. Yeah, what about Stern? Stern connectivity from one sketchy pinball machine to another. No, Stern's not sketchy. And did anyone get a chance to listen to that Insider podcast at all? I didn't get a chance to hear no, what, what they were talking about. Other than I saw the video with with what appeared to be a, a displayable QR code that was that was embedded into an apron. And and with that came connectivity to report. I'm assuming the person who's who's playing on the game or to link it up. When and I'm assuming uh, more features similar to what Scorbit has available. I'm thinking you're probably the expert on this because I'll be honest. Other than somebody telling me that it was announced on the Stern Insiders podcast, I haven't heard anything or the announcement. I haven't heard anything about it. Well, wow, great show prep, guys. <laughs> hey well you know what it's it's uh it, it it's it's this high level of uh of uh competency that our listeners keep well, tuning in for there you go okay do you guys remember transformers on transformers they had that was like their first game with a qr code and it did something i don't remember what now but if you click the qr i think code, it just took you to sternpinball.com slash transformers i think it did i think you're right so but yeah, so they got a QR code, and it's supposed to like you can have like um, leaderboards play against people remotely, which you know in the age of COVID, that's not a bad thing, you know. Yeah, well, the the scoreboards I think is one of the things that I think we've all kind of had called from the get go, like Stern's online scoreboards, the capability of doing online tournaments and events. Like, uh, what was that Stern event that they just did with the Avengers? The Pin Clash. Yeah, right. the Pin Clash. The like, that yeah. was super cool. And other than, you know, we were, t Brian and I were actually talking about this today. Uh, other than the fact that they probably need to come up with some sort of way to make sure that the pins have a similar setup and the glasses on them. Like, I think that that's going to be the, the, the epic win of the whole connected Stern. Because I think that being able to compete against people remotely will will up interest, uh, yeah. at least among competitive people. You know, if you're the kind of person who plays pinball because you just want to zone out and have it be a little zen and listen to the sounds and watch the lights, this might not sell you on anything. But for the people who give a shit about their scores and they participate in leagues and tournaments and stuff like that, this feature will probably be uh, a real decision maker for them. I'll admit, man, I haven't even set up Scorbit on my Guns N' Roses. But online downloads, online updating is pretty fucking cool. Yeah, man. Um, you know, I want to see where it goes. One thing I have a question about, and probably nobody knows this yet, because, um, you know, I ordered my Deadpool back in June. It's supposed to be here in December from the new run. And uh, is it going to be backwards compatible or just from, like, Godzilla or whatever the next game is? forward they said it was what the someone i saw a list somewhere and they didn't there's nothing said about backwards compatibility yet 
I'm sure they'll figure out a way to do some add-on kit for older games. But maybe they won't. Who knows? Yeah. Well, you know, because, you know, it's still a Spy 2 game. So, you know, it shouldn't be that difficult. Yeah, it'll be definitely worth revisiting when we get to see some examples of it of it live. I know that they're just they're just talking about it at the moment. I'm sure they've got more than you know, I'm sure they have prototypes out there somewhere, but until we actually get to see it in use and, and see what the UI looks like and, and how it's displayed and, and what users can do with it, I think uh, we're all gonna be pretty much guessing based on what we've seen before with uh Scorbit. Yeah. Well, more importantly what Stern can do with it. Yes. If you're running an authorized code, are they going to turn off your game or automatically install the right code on there? Who knows? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, and side note, because, you know, we know about, you know, my my Deadpool. Uh, I got a call yesterday. Um, My Escalera is going to get delivered Monday. Yay. All right. So as soon as the rest of the... uh, you know, my office and the bathroom gets done. And then, cause like where I have my, where I got my desk and stuff right now, it's going to go back in the office where my desk and a bunch of shelves and stuff are sitting temporarily. Um, they're going to go in the office and the storage area. Um, the pins are going to come downstairs finally out of the garage and get set up. So, yay. That'll be I've been, having, I've been having to go out for my pinball. I don't have anything set up right now. So, which I went out today cause I went to the mall, took the boys, and uh, they went off and did their, you know, whatever ticket mashers or whatever. Um, I just sat there and played pinball. So, um, so quick question for you, Spencer. Did you buy that? Did you get the original Pro? Did you buy a Pro or a Premium for you, Deadpool? I bought a Pro. Okay. And did you get the the regular pricing or did you get the increased pricing? No, I got the regular pricing, but I paid for it back in June. I ordered it uh, in June and I just said, look, man, I got the money now. Can I just pay for it now? So um, they're like, yeah, no problem. So I just paid for that and Escalera up front and uh, just like here. And I know it's going to be a wait, so no problem. Because I wanted one right now and they did have a couple of distributors who had it right now, but they wanted more for it. Um, I don't know about the reputation. Like one of them was like really shady shit. It was like, you know, like, you know, wire transfer money. I'm like, I'm not doing this. It was more money plus tax plus shipping. And so I ended up going, um, largely on, 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 on your recommendation, Jeff, because I know you had such good luck. Um, and I know, uh, his rep, you know, I already knew his rep was pretty solid. I ended up going with, uh, Zach over flipping out. Um, I want to meet the dumbass who tries to steal $7,000 from you. Yeah, no fucking shit, right? You know, it's like... <laughs> they're just like, you're like, hey, before we even go into this conversation, I want you to know that I'm extremely heavily armed. <laughs> so, yeah, no, no shit. It's like, you, you have no idea who I am, do you? Smoking, uh, you, like a, smoking you like a pack of cools to me is like a walk in the park on a sunny day. No shit, right? <laughs> Well, that's 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 excellent. I mean, I, I don't know. I think uh, I think that that's Deadpool Pro is going to be an excellent game well, in your house. There's, there, there's two other you know distributors that I, I I know personally. They're good good people. Um, I mean, I know others too a little bit. I mean, they have good reps, but I mean that you know like um, you know JJ over at Game Exchange. 
but it's kind of same boat. He wasn't getting any for, you know, God knows how long. And then um, I linked up with uh, the pirate and it's like, he said, we're not even getting any pros in the next run, just premiums. And uh, so those pros, like when I started calling, like the like pros for the next run were already like when I got a hold of Zach, he's like, I got two left. I was like, I'll take one. And uh, he goes, you know, they're not coming until December. Right. And I'm like, don't care. Everybody else is out too. And, you know, so I, I, that, that was one of the three people I would go with because I know, you know, their rep is just solid and their pricing and everything else. Um, there are some other people that also have a solid rep, but their pricing is more or like, you know, they don't do pre shipping or, you know, or, 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 and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm just gonna, I'm going to go with solid, you know, proven solid reps. If anything happens, I know I'm going to be covered because that's a lot of money. And that's, you know, so that's where we're at. And he came out ahead. Yeah, with that price bump, you actually ended up saving 500 bucks because you had little faith in the right people. And, uh, and yeah, now, now you're going to get your game and you're going to get your game for the original price. You know, man, a solid reputation is everything with me. And, uh, these guys, you know, the guys I talked about all have it. And, uh, you know, on this one, Hey, God willing, I'll be able to order another game down the road and give somebody else a little bit of money too, you know? Um, really, cause like, I'd really like to get a Mandalorian. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but, um, so if anybody else has anything about connectivity, cool. If not, let's move on to the stern price increase. Nice segue. Amazing. Here. We've already been talking about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I what think, is uh, <laughs> pretty much. So you said it was, it was $500 and, and this is something that's still, I was just told a little earlier and I already forgot it was $500 more for a pro now and a thousand dollars more for a premium thousand dollars for a premium. And, the, and I guess that's going to be more retroactive because there's no limited editions currently on sale and we still haven't heard anything about what's happening on LEs. I mean, so like, well, how about those uh, sort of more premium ones like Elvira? Do you think that's going another grand up as well, they, well, or is that probably didn't that go up like six hundred bucks a few weeks ago? They already bumped those earlier yeah. this year, and that was where there was that big controversy about like they canceled existing orders and then charged more money, and then some distributors were coming back on that and whatnot. So. I don't know how that turned out, but I mean, I know that we had, we knew a couple people who were kind of, you know, in on that. Bob uh, was kind of in on that, although we probably shouldn't mention that. But uh, one of those things about the, uh, that was everybody was just sort of like, well, it's those super LEs, those super LEs are those, you know, premium, no pro models. Like the price hadn't gone up since Batman 66. It's a little bit understandable that they're going to bump the price on that. I don't think anybody foresaw that Stern was going to do a large price increase. Although, if you look at their track record, you know, it had been a slow but sure $100 or $200 per year, uh, you know, bump. Because I think a pro is like anywhere between what, depending on the game, 59 to 6300 mm-hmm. already. Do you think those, those price bumps are going to be due to supply? They, they just have such low supply that they may as well, they need to bump it because there's just too much demand and in order to try to less lessen demand so they can't, so they can account for the amount of supply they're getting that they're just, Hey, we gotta, we gotta bump this up and try to knock a few people out. That I think that the same thing it. that I thought with JJP, it's just like, why not? Well, yeah, they have a, you have a static captive market. 
Yeah. Well, that's the only way yeah. you would, the only reason why you'd raise prices is if you wanted to get more money first. Right. But then on top of that would be we can't make as many, so a price increase is a great way to just stabilize demand. Well, they don't want to they don't want to dissuade traffic, right? But here's the deal. You already can't keep up with demand. So, you've got thousands of games that are that are waiting to be shipped. Okay, great. Why not bump up the price? You know, if somebody really wants it, they're going to pay and you're going to get more money. Worst case scenario, it's going to give you a chance to catch up with your orders while at the same time making more money. And you know what? Six months down the road, 12 months down the road, whatever it is when they catch up, hey, man, this is reality. Stuff doesn't usually go back down in price. So they're probably not going to be like, okay, now there's 6,000 again. But if they do, nobody will be pissed off. Oh, yeah, we see where You know, they'll be like, oh, great, the price dropped. I'm going to order a game. So it's really, you know, the only losers in that situation were the people who right now were about to put in an order and didn't have it in because it just cost them $500 to $1,000. The people who did have an order in, like yourself, you just had a $500 come up. The people who just recently bought a game, they can feel like they just had a five hundred dollar come up or a thousand dollar come up. All right, uh, you just know like what JJB did. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. There's, you know, there's no games out there, man. And Mandalorian has been sold out for like a month now. Like everything. Like there's, there's. Did you look at all the vendors' websites? About the only thing that's available is uh, uh, a few Led Zeppelin pros. Um, and I think a couple weeks ago, I think Cheddar bumped up that JJ had like two Guardians pros, and that's man, it's 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 a desert out there. Try getting a new inbox game, man. In it, you know, I, you're down to like maybe a Hot Wheels, maybe everybody else has sold out of everything, you know. And there's there's a six months to year backlog. I would take a Hot Wheels too. That's a hell of a game. You and me both, brother. You yeah. know, Rusty and I were talking about it uh, yesterday or last night. Yeah, we're talking about yeah, Hot for, Wheels. For the money, I think Hot Wheels is, is a great pick. I'm really interested now that CGC's getting back in the game to see what's going to happen with the remake pricing. I think it's all going to be a thousand bucks higher across the board because, you know, the $6,000 that they were charging for the classics of Attack from Mars and. Uh, Monster Bash were by far the best deals in pinball. And I really regret not jumping in on those now. <laughs> yeah, because those are eight to nine thousand now. The couple of distributors that have some monster bashes, because when I was looking at Deadpool, I was seriously considering attack from Mars first. Because Rusty and I are like, all right, we can get one game because our remodel on the new house went a little a little more than we initially thought. And uh, it's like, so, okay, so, well, you know, definitely one new game. And uh, what do you want? Deadpool or Attack? And I'm like, well, let's look at an Attack from Mars first. So I'm like, okay. And it's like, right. they're, 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 the, the, the standard models, nine grand, the couple of distributors that have one. Well, right, but that's just the distributor gouging. I mean, yeah, it is. It you know, is. Chicago Gaming's price was still $6,000. Exactly. I mean, you can't blame right. a dealer for trying to make but, money. But yeah, but if Chicago Gaming sees like these guys are getting nine grand for these things, and they're doing the same thing for uh, Monster Bash, they were up to like eighty five hundred last I looked. Because I was thinking I really like Monster Bash too, and uh, and I went okay, uh, fifty nine ninety nine for Deadpool free shipping done. You know I'm in. Let's do this and uh, send me an Escalera too, because I'm not dragging these bitches down those stairs. Yeah. Um, 
because you know we're the house of the basement now so um but yeah so i mean and then okay so i got free shipping from a you know one of one of several really awesome really good reputable distributors because there's a bunch of good ones out there i i can't think of any that aren't good just some are charging more than others and that's their right that's cool um but uh um yeah man it's just it's just you know like you guys say it's supply and demand man right now the the companies just can't get the damn things made fast enough which good problem to have you know yeah well good problem for them uh i just you know it, it will make me think twice about the brand new next stern you know whatever comes out it'll be like well Okay, that's sixty-five. So if you want the pro, that's that's what we're in for these days, and and then that means whatever I sell's gotta, you know, whatever I sell's gotta cover that, or or now I'm I'm using that to factor in the equation even more, and five hundred dollars is is not an insignificant amount of money to be um, just tossing aside, saying, well, that's just the cost of business, especially, and then for a premium, even more so, you know, I know. I've got a couple of premiums downstairs and, and this is, this would make me rethink like, well, I don't know if I need to be jumping in on that right off the bat. That's eight grand now. Money. Right. Well, yeah. and you hope that some of this money is going to go into the bomb, right? right? Like you hope that maybe for your extra $500, you're going to get more intricate games. You're going to get, you know, maybe if it's $6,500, but it's a better pro. Great. You know, if it's if it's a thousand extra dollars, but it's a better premium, great. I mean, obviously it's a cash grab, right? Like, you know, they need more money. You know, maybe they don't need more money. You know, but if if the numbers that we've heard about the margins on these games is even remotely true, you know, they're you know they're making a couple thousand on a pro. They're they're doubling up on a premium. You know, because they don't cost that much more to build a premium. They're more than doubling up on an LE, right? They see what games are going for on the secondary market. There's no point in giving away money so we can afford to charge more. Right. So, you know, let's hope that what their logic is, is like, okay, yeah, we're going to put an extra $250 into our pocket, but let's drop an extra $250 under the bomb. And, you know, maybe everybody. we can afford wire ramps on the Mandalorian next time. Or everybody gets a QR, everybody gets the inside. Or everybody gets, yeah, a QR, QR code right. and a dongle. <laughs> Woo, that's an expensive piece of hardware right or maybe there. washers yeah oh yeah, yeah. Right well that's why jj set. that's why jjp went up a thousand the washers <laughs> the washers are not cheap and they're special pinball washers you can't get them at any hardware store. <laughs> it says some depleted uranium in it <laughs> that's what makes them melt through the clear coat so uh, yeah, powerfully that explains everything well hey man you know not without fuzzball i bought the fucking game from you <laughs> you, you know somebody brought that up a while back that like jjp's just going Woo! now with the uh, whole you know deeper saga it's like the heat's off in them, man. Nobody's talking about their play builds now. Well, yeah, I don't know if you're in any uh, any JJP communities. Trust me, the heat has not oh, gone anywhere. <laughs> there are a lot of butt hurt people. But hey, you know what, man? At twelve thousand, okay, we just had this conversation. And every one of those butt hurt people, yeah, they're into a ten thousand dollar game. Yeah, okay. you know, and and a lot of a lot of people are like, look, I am not in on the next JJP. 
you know, I am out on Toy Story or whatever's next. Now we'll see what happens, you know, when the actual, you know, shit hits the fan. But it's definitely one of those things where, you know, their attitude about the play field uh, issue, play field gate, whatever you want to call it, on Guns N' Roses and Willy Wonka and Pirates of the Caribbean is is not helping them. So, you know, that's that's a whole other thing entirely. But yeah, it's uh don't forget cricket stickers on the coin door. Oh yeah. Well that's that's just that's just bitches being bitches. But you know, I mean, you know, I, I took my guns and roses completely apart and I addressed all the trouble areas, you know, covered up a lot of damage, a lot more than I thought I had, in fact. Uh and you know, I'm happy. Um you know, with, with the deal that I got on the game and I really like the game, which is a, a blessing because if I was in that game for the money, I'd be fucking hot. You know, if I was thinking, yeah, man, I'm going to play this game for a few months then turn around and get every dime that I'm into it out of it, I'd be fucking hot because now nobody's going to look at a, an early run Guns N' Roses and just be like, oh, it's hunky dory. They're going to be like, oh shit, aren't these the ones with the bad play fields? And I think that this is going to, I think that this stink is going to stick to JJP until they release a product and guns and roses will never be that product everyone's still like are the new are the new ones good well they have washers and different posts but who knows what, until what, their next game comes out and that play field is absolutely fucking rock solid yeah they're 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 gonna be they're gonna be digging out of a hole no shit. but since they're a year back ordered i guess they don't care that much there you go hey what's the deal with Merco? do they have like a fucking tom sawyer and huck Finn? Over in Germany, going, we're whitewashing the playfields as fast as we can, Aunt Polly. You know, I mean, what the fuck, man. Well, if you like, if you read Mirko, if, if you read the story, you know that the whitewater, the, the whitewashing thing was actually a brilliant business move by Tom. Mm. It really was. Uh, you got all the kids that do his work, and he got a dead rat and a string to swing it from. <laughs> there you go. It's like win win, babe. <laughs> You know. Oh God! Well, let let's hope that uh, now that now that JGP has Steve Ritchie, that they can they can turn around the next game and with that next game also come out with a playfield that you know meets meets better standards or, yes. or at least does something similar to Stern where they just well, thin it out. Oh, they've already announced the the Steve Ritchie game JGP. Did they? Yeah, it's called. Yeah, it's it's called... going to be called High Speed Wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's called it's called Dimples and Cracks. <gasps> Oh, oh, hey, oh, okay. I, <laughs> you know, and that's the rub because every time we get a new JJP title, we're like, fuck, this is amazing. It plays great. It's a lot of fun. It's interactive. There's all kinds of cool stuff on the play field, the light show, the art, the music, you know, I mean, they, always, get, they, yeah. they check all the yeah. boxes. And well, then, right now, no matter what Stern oh, does, uh, What's going on? JJP games are the event in the pinball world. Yeah, they're the big release. They're the new Corvette or the new Lamborghini Countach. Like they're they're the dream machine. Or like the new Bronco with all, all every one of them. They're replacing the uh, the roof because it's bad. Well, I mean, I guess that if, if we go a little further down the road and JJP <laughs> was actually replacing parts, you could make that analogy. Yeah. But ultimately what it comes down to is, you know, despite their problems, you know, JJP is definitely making the nicest games out there. Right? Oh, yeah, man. Guns N' Roses you know? is beautiful and it's a blast to play. I love that game and I love playing yours, Dan, and when it was Jeff's and uh, Tyron, And with Steve like, Ritchie on the team. Yeah. 
it's, oh, yeah. it's actually, you know, it, it has a chance that, yeah, you know, I guess the next game's a Lawler, right? That's what they're no, thinking, I, but... Toy Story, it, yeah. isn't that the hot, the hot rumor, Toy Story still? But, uh, you know, with Steve Ritchie coming up, I mean, again, it's just that much more of a uh, of an attraction, you know, to people who, who believe that, you know, that's those are the best games, you know. And being a, and being a two time JJP owner now, sitting in the room with a two time JJP owner who I bought all my JJP games from, uh, <laughs> I think that like you know having done it, I I, I can testify. Uh, there's really no contest in terms of of the experience of the game itself, the menus, the the the, the the detail that went into the games. Yeah, the quality is apparently not what we would hope for it to be, but the actual ownership experience in terms of just like what those games are like to own and use, it's pretty fucking cool, man. Mm-hmm. You know, I just hope that like they can fucking pull out of this, uh, this situation. And again, I think that having a legend, another legend, you know, cause they've already got Lawler who in, in some people's opinion is, is the legend. Uh, oh, man, I'm starting to think Eric Muner is the new legend, you know? Well, he's a new, you know, he's two games in. Uh, how many How many games has he sold? Yeah, I hear you. you know? Okay, how many games has Pat Lawler sold? Oh, yeah, and I Probably like Pat Lawler, you know. How yeah. many games has Steve Ritchie Ritchie sold? Probably 100,000, you know. Who designed Adam's Family? High Speed, Terminator 2, Star Trek The Next Generation, uh, Funhouse, Whirlwind. Uh, Trivia. Yeah, who do those guys work for? Jersey Jack. And they haven't bankrupted a company or did a little kids. There you go. Oh, yeah, Grandma. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. So it's you, a John Joe. <laughs> Bonus multiplier. Uh, you got a something multiplier. Yeah, no <laughs> shit. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I can't wait to see what Steve's. So we figure we're at least a year out, maybe more. Pat Lawler's up next, and then. Eric Muner's got to be working on another game, and they're still backlogged a year on Guns N' Roses. So it could be a while before we see anything from, uh, you know, from Steve Ritchie via Jersey Jack Pinball. But hey, man, he's the king, you know, and I'm excited to see what he's going to bring to the table. You know, I know a lot of people don't feel like he was doing his best work for Stern. Uh, you know, it had, it had been a while since the high highs of, uh, ACDC and Star Trek. And I think that, you know, people, people didn't love Star Wars by Stern, you know, people didn't love Zeppelin, uh, you know, Black Knight, Swords of Rage is very polarizing, you know, and I, I know a lot of people were saying a lot of mean things, you know, oh, he's done. It's time to retire, you know, move over, let somebody else have the spot. Okay. Well, he has, there's another spot at Stern now they can bring in, you know, hopefully a, uh, a hot, a hot shot young designer who wants to, you know, crank out some games and he can move on to making the super premium games at JJP, getting himself, you know, 24 to 36 months of development time and, and a big bomb, uh, you know, and hopefully that really turns into what he needs it to be. Yeah, I, I think the biggest problem was, was Steve Ritchie's last few projects, barring uh, Black Knight, um, which I still think is a great game, um, is the licenses he was given not that there were bad licenses 
Fucking uh, Star Wars. What? Right. It's, he was given Star Wars. Right. It's the licenses. The biggest license in the world. Right. But the licenses, the money, all the bomb went into the license. Okay. It didn't go on the play field. It went into, well, we got Star Wars. Okay. It's going to cost Star Wars us. is not a strip game. Like, I'll it's not the fanciest, but I mean, that Hyperloop assembly thing obviously is not cheap. Right. You know, there's a lot going on in that game. Well, there it is, but you know, and, and, and yeah, like okay, uh, Game of Thrones. Okay, we know HBO is a bitch to work with. Okay, everybody said so. Look at The Sopranos, pretty good game, god awful art package, and that was HBO going. This is what we want. Well, you don't know what the fuck you're doing with pinball. Yeah, okay? but that was also like what 2003. Yeah, Stern? I know. But, they didn't give a shit. Yeah. They're just like, we just want to make a game. Put some Hot Wheels on it. <laughs> right. Well, I think I, I think what you know after after being with Stern for so long, I'm sure that anybody who's worked at a company for that long is probably going to start looking for something new, something fresh, and and seize opportunity. He obviously still has more to give. There's more he wants to do. And and uh, I'm guessing that JJP just seemed like a good fit because he's, you know, that's that gives him that fresh place to try something that, that Stern might not have let him do before. Yeah. No, I uh, think you're right. And, and especially... And there's the other bit too, is is with all the the issues with supply and and how many designers they already have in play and how many games that are already coming out for Stern. I can't imagine that that Steve Ritchie was getting as much time with as many engineers at Stern as all the other designers at that company needed. And with you know JJP, I'm sure he's going to get treated very very well. I mean. I'm sure they gave him a great package to come work for them. His name alone, obviously, based on how well he's known in Finside and by all the games that, that we all own, will lend him credence into what he creates next and everybody will be look for, looking forward to it. I do feel like what JJP needs now is another software guy. Yeah. Oh, it yeah. can't just all be Kiefer all the time. He needs, you know, first of all, they just need the variety of another software guy. But second of all, like, you know, now that they have three designers, if they want to start getting the game out a year or even every 18 months, they need someone else to do the software because everybody who owns a Pirates of the Caribbean is still like, hey, uh, hey, guys. Can we get that last update so our game is finished? That'd be really cool, guys. Y'all got some code in the back of that? Y'all got me code? Uh, I didn't send code. Uh, I'll rub it on my face. No, they did that. They sent washers. <laughs> no, no. Washers are not code. They're no, no, you just put it across the two legs on the chip. It'll be fun. They are different. <laughs> trust me. Don't trust me. I don't trust Yeah, you. I know. I And and I think that, that with a single uh, coder, there's also the the frame of mind of what, what that person really likes in code. And I see very many similarities between pirates and guns and roses. They, they are similar and in, in style in terms of what you do to build and, and get through the different aspects of the movies or the albums. Uh, 
And so I think a, a fresh perspective, Dan hit a nail on the head there. Yeah. So, so have a, get someone new in there with some different ideas and, yeah. and let them take a turn on the game. Cause I think Steve's last couple games were instead of working with Dwight, he was working with uh, Tim Sexton, yeah. Sex Tempton. Uh, those games were great. Like, you know, I know a lot of people didn't care for Zep, and I know a lot of people didn't care for Black Knight, but those are fucking cool games, yep. you know? And if the theme does catch you uh, and, and you like that style, you know, there was a lot to like there. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, what's going to happen again. Tim's going to probably work with somebody else at Stern. Uh, you know, there's obviously a there's obviously a set team on the Elwin side. You know, Elwin's going to keep working with God. I forgot the guy's name. Nagel. Rick Nagel. Yeah, yeah, he's probably going to keep working with him. Those guys have got a real, real good, good simpatico. It seems like uh, Dwight is working with just about everybody else at Stern. He's just he's just all over the place. Uh, but it would be really, really nice to see. Uh, to see maybe Eddie get teamed up with uh, with uh, Sex Tempton and see how, how that goes. You know, Dwight Sullivan can keep working with John Borg. Rick Nagel can keep working with Elwin. And then switch it around, you know, get get some fresh perspective. I think it's a, it's a pretty good idea, you know. It'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Stern Software in a post uh, a post Lyman world. Definitely. No, uh, you know, it's, uh, uh, I mean, everybody has something good to bring to the table. All these guys are all pros. You know, like you talk about Tim Sexton, you talk about, uh, uh Sexton. yeah, there you go. Um, you know, uh, uh, Mike Vinicor, Tanya Kleiss, you know, um, got to meet them at the last golden state talk with them. They bring a lot of interest. What did Tanya work on again? Um, Nancy Kerrigan's knee. Oh, he was on Guardians, right? And Guardians, I think, too. Yeah, yeah, that dude was a cool cat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Mike Vinicor, same thing, you know. He worked on yeah, Vinicor just kind of works on everything, I think. But, I mean, I don't yeah. think he's like, headed up a game. But, yeah, yeah Tanio, yeah, that guy's worked on some cool shit. Yeah. So, but, I mean, everything. And, and you know, like, um, oh, God, now I can't think of his name. Um, did Star Wars. The Code. Um, Sullivan. Wait. What's that? Yeah, Dwight did Star Wars and Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, which Dwight. has a great, great rule set for all the people who bitch about Dwight Sullivan his rule sets. Man, well, you guys should play Mandalorian. It's so, like the play field is fine. It's pretty standard, but man, the rules in that game are so fucking cool. Yep, yeah. like yep. it is, and it's it's come it's come a little ways with the new update. I can't wait to see what like you know because it's still just like 0.97, 0.98. I can't wait to see how that game matures because I think it really does have the potential to have some of the coolest software ever in a pinball machine, excellent use of the assets. And uh, it's a real, like to me, it's as adventuresome as I think a pinball machine has been. You feel like you're a character. You feel like you're, like you're acquiring equipment and using the equipment to do adventures and jobs. And uh, on top of that, it plays a mean game of pinball. Well, there you go. We were going to talk about it later, so let's just keep talking about it now. Yeah, I, I, I like I, that's that's high on my list of next game after uh, after Deadpool for you know a new unbox or or even a good used one is Mandalorian because, like you said, you know I love the show, I love the theme, I like the layout well enough. 
um, the rule set. And first, I, mean, we, I know we talked about this off air a couple of days ago, Dan. Um, I was like, man, I don't. And Sparky, uh, hey, shout out to Sparky. He was like, no, I think that's going to be really cool because I was like, man, it's going to be like playing a board game. It's going to just slow up the action. And Sparky's like, no, no, I think it's going to be really cool. It's like, well, Sparky, you were right, dear brother. Um, and Dan, you brought it up and went, man, you know, I was wrong. I was like, this is really awesome. And when I got to the opportunity when I was out and hooked up with you guys about a month ago, um, and I got an opportunity to play the pro for a bit, same thing. Now I had the same thing. It's like, okay, it doesn't slow down the action, but it's really cool. Like going to the, going and buying, you know, weapons and stuff and, you know, armor and, and, and searching for people and having these adventures like an RPG and, um, you know, hats off to Dwight, man, because he's really hit one out of the park on uh, the the rule set and the gameplay of that. And I think it's I think he's kept it simple enough for the casual player to go, oh, if I pick something, then I get to do something, you know, and, and we'll have an adventure. So I think uh, I, th- I think it's a grand slam, man. I think that game's going to stay high in the charts and, and have long legs. I think for some people getting into the first multi-ball and in fact, just sort of the multi-balls in general is a little basic. Like, you know, cause pretty much to play multi-balls, all you got to keep doing is just keep slamming the center, which is a very safe shot, although it can go wrong. And like, it takes a lot of shots, but it, you know, you will, you will eventually get into multi-balls. The idea though, is like as, as a novice, you can play a multi-ball and it's exciting and you can have fun. But if you really figure out, how to, you know, start off. I mean, the stack is the basic part, right? Like, you know, okay, I'm going to hit two ramps. I'm going to hit the scoop. I'm going to start a mode. I have my multi-ball ready to go. I'm going to start my multi-ball. Then I've done the stack. You're going to get good points. If you know enough to use your flamethrower, okay, I'm going to double up all those shots. I'm going to get more points. If you know enough to set up your multipliers first and put it on top of all that stuff, you're going to get a lot of points. If you're good enough to do a bounty, to hit a sniper shot, to get some best guard, to go in there, to buy your Adaball, to get yourself already like you just the, the preparation, uh, yeah, the layers of preparation are what's going to make that game attractive to the you know to, to the rules fanatic. The play field itself is a it's a fan, it's a fan with some flourishes, I would say, uh, you know, and the shot map feels very familiar, but. The rule set again, you know, even for somebody who's like, for the person who looks at Pirates of the Caribbean and goes, oh, fuck that. Like Mandalorian is understandable, right? Any any pinball guy can walk up to Mandalorian, play around with it for a while and probably start putting together the rule set without like, you know, bending their mind or having to read a fact, which is again, what's really brilliant about it, you know? And I think that that's kind of, I think Dwight learned going from Star Wars where a lot of people bitch that they just couldn't figure out the rules to monsters where everybody was just, okay, it's too dirt ass simple to now this, I think this really has the, the easy to learn, hard to master a lot of possibilities rules that I think, like you said, I think will make it very popular with the pinheads. And you know, on top of that, it's a good looking game. It's a great theme, and they did good on the sound. You know, there's the really art. not a lot of weaknesses. The add, art, add yeah. One, it's a good add game. Add one more to it. There's uh, there's also multiple game types. Like, that's 
that's a new cool thing that I think Dwight is doing these days is not just Dwight, the, the idea of you have a play field that doesn't mean you only need to play one kind of game. So you can add a co-op mode where you can get multiple people trying to compete to get as deep oh, yeah, into that game did. as possible. That's fun. Yeah, you can do an, a, yeah. a hero mode where you Jeez. essentially handicap yourself so that you don't get the benefit of cradling. Yeah, impossible mode. Uh, yeah, impossible mode. And, and, and there's those varieties too. I'm sure that uh, I forget if there's a, a practice the wizard mode. Uh, uh, nothing that I've seen yet. Okay. But that, but that concept of, hey, this pinball machine has, now has multiple games and those multiple games are also tracked. Yeah. That's, that is a, a brilliant thing. And I think that, that what he's doing with it adds those layers in a way to make everyone understand it, even at its most basic level, and then you can grow on it from there. Yeah. And I think you can buy your way past some shit. Like, I think you can buy something to get you past some of the encounters and whatnot. Right. So if there's something that you're that you're having trouble with, there are ways around it. And the wizard mode on this game seems very attainable. Like, we were just downstairs playing Ninja Turtles. Jeff has a Ninja Turtles, which is a much, much better game than I initially gave it credit for. But man, that game is hard as balls. <laughs> like, you know, the rules are understandable. It's just a bastard. And I don't know if I'll ever see the end of that game. But I've already gotten at least a third of the way, if not two-thirds of the way through Mandalorian. So I do feel like if I sat down at that game and really put a little bit more time into it, I feel like I might get to the end of it. And it's the first turn in a while. Like, I own yeah, Star yeah. Trek, and I never felt like I was going to get to five-year mission. You know, like, fucking, I'd get, I'd get to Kobayashi Maru and be like, great, I made it. I never thought I was going to get to Encore on ACDC. You know, I'm not even close to getting to, what's the last mode on Maiden? Oh, uh, well, there's Run to the Hills. Run to the Bees, the Run to the Hills. Like, I've never seen any of that. Yeah. I haven't even gotten to Cyborg. Because um, I suck at that game. I like it, though. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with, with uh, Metallica. You know, I can get through a couple crank it ups, but like, do I think end of the line is happening anytime soon? Probably not. Mandalorian, I feel like there's enough ways to play it that I will figure out a way to get to this is the way. Very true. And that's great. Did we lose Spencer? He's probably no. I'm right here. I'm. I'm. (laughs) Yeah, you guys are doing great. I'm just letting you go. It's it's awesome. Well, that's you know. I gotta interject one thing. I was thinking about. It's like when you brought up Dwight with Star Wars, and then got all this heat for it, and then came out Monsters, which great layout. You know, no, no. You know, a a theme that many people recognize. Great layout, fast and smooth shooting. Uh, but you know, real light on code. You know, you, you. I gotta wonder: Was he sitting in his office, going, "Okay, all right, you don't want deep code like in Star Wars? Fuck you guys! Here's Candyland. Eat it." He was. He was directed. Like <laughs> Gomez went to him and said, "Look, people liked Terminator Two. People liked The Getaway. Do something like that." I think the problem with Monsters really is: I think that Stern overestimated the appeal of the license. I agree. Yeah. Like, there's a certain generation of people who like the Munsters. And I think that a lot of pinball people, and I've said this before, I think that they really had in their head it was going to be the next Adams Family. And it wasn't. It was it was a, it was a Borg, a solid Borg, with tremendous art. Yeah. And, you know, good use of the sound. And, like I said, yeah, probably a little light on the code. People were probably hoping for something a little bit heavier code-wise. Yeah. 
And that was a lesson, right? You know, and it's a correctable lesson. Like if they ever really wanted to go back, I'm sure they could throw another set of rules in that game. But I think that what really happened with that game is they sold what they thought they were going to sell, maybe a little bit less and said, all right, well, we've done that, you know, like no point in going back. I don't think it's going to sell us another, you know, 500 units. I would still like one of those black and white premiums. I think that is one of the hottest looking games. And it's fun as shit. It's just, it's just a little bit more accessible. It's it's a beautiful game. And it's a fun, it's fun to shoot, man. It really is a fun shooter, but yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. you know, I don't mind playing monster madness a few times in the game. There you go. It's like monster bash, right? If you have a good game of monster bash, you're going to see monsters of rock two or three times. Right. At least you'll see monster bash two or three times. If you have a really good game, you'll see monsters of rock a couple few times, you know, and you'll hang up a billion and you'll be like, wow, that was a fun game. You don't just yeah. go like, well, fuck this game. It sucks. I hate it. But yeah, you might not be like, well, I need to have this game in my house, you know, till the end of time. Cause I've seen everything it has to offer. Yeah, decent location game. Oh, amazing location game. Yeah. If it had a good license. We're we're talking about code. Um, GNR had a code update. Since you own it, Dan, you can speak on it better than anybody else here. Okay. So uh, it's pretty much the same as what was there, except for we finally have the uh, Desert Demolition album mode for Use Your Illusion 1. And uh, they made some other small tweaks. If you were to rate it from what it was on a 0 to 10 to what it is on a 0 to 10, what'd you give it? I would give it an 8, and I would say that it went up to an 8.5. If you like multi-balls... Wait, 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 wait. That Desert Demolition originally was an 8? Oh, no, I was talking about, like, the code oh. 1.26 or whatever it was, Let's the 1.28. The, the wizard mode. Oh, I've barely played it. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh... The thing with Desert Demolition before is it was just a screen that said Desert Demolition <laughs> and like some bluegrassy music. And uh, yeah, so it'd, be, it'd go from like a one to an eight, you know. But what it sounds like is it's sort of like a Mario Kart kind of mode where you're hitting, you're hitting basic, you're hitting ramps and shooting like at each other, which sounds pretty fun. It has like a real kind of Rat Fink sort of style, like they're all like monsters and go karts, and you know the music's the music's amusing. So it's nice that there's something there. The problem is I just don't play a lot of the Usual Illusion 1 songs. So it's like it's probably the one that I see the absolute least. When when I sat down to get to it, like I jumped in there. I think I played Live and Let Die, which is the best Usual Illusion 1 song. And that song is like three seconds short, even when you cash out the jackpot of starting De- Desert Demolition. You have to play for what, three minutes, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's like two minutes and 55 seconds long. It's like, ah, oh, fuck. I have to start another song, and then I started another song, and I played it, and I got into the the, the Desert Demolition mode, and I probably lasted for like ten seconds before I drained out, and I just haven't like tried to do it again. I've had a lot of new games at the house to play, so so it sounds like it was a minimal code update overall. It was really more to just that was the big focus of that one thing, so that he could move on to whatever else i don't do you remember if there were any code no there were other there were other changes like there were a lot of little tweaks and bug fixes and stuff like that but like i didn't sit down and commit it to memory honestly the code updates like are more amusing just because they're online so like a little icon appears and you just go hey do the update and then you watch it happen like watching this bar move and i'm just so tickled pink but uh (laughs) yeah i would have to go through and read the readme but like 
I didn't, I wouldn't say that I noticed, you know, it's not a night and day difference. Yeah. It's, you know, again, they, they, they took a missing thing and they put it there and that's what matters. I'm opted into the beta program, which I'm probably the worst person to do that because I'm never going to submit a beta report, but I just thought it was cool. So I did it and you just do it. You just do it straight in the machine. You don't have to like send them an email or anything. You just go, I want beta code. And JJP's like, all right, download this update. And so, yeah, you know, you get this mode, and now it's there. So there's uh, not a big hole in the game when you actually when you actually do start desert demolition. What they really need to do, and I'm sure that that you'll agree with this, they need to make album modes worth fucking playing. Yeah. Because they take forever, and they're risky, and they're worth minimal points. They need to make slash solo worth fucking anything. Because yep. that mode's risky as hell and hard as balls and i was watching a stream i was watching a buffalo stream the other night and their strategy was just catch the ball wait a minute and time it out and that's just horrible yeah when your wizard mode is not yeah. worth playing a mini wizard mode yeah then... and eric minier was watching that like he was on he was in the audience on that so hopefully he, he hopefully he you know has picked up on that but yeah those modes they need some points attached to them yeah. uh when they go to the next update because again you know all the scoring in that game is in the songs. Like, you know, you have you have great boosters, you know, and you get yourself, you know, let's say maybe 10 million points. Then you get into a song, and if you do well, you might hang 40 million points on the board in that one song. Yeah, the scoring on Guns N' Roses is completely wacky. You know, okay, we have another mode. Great. Make it worth playing. Outside of song, yeah. Yeah, songs are... And the songs, I mean, don't get me wrong, the songs are the stake, man. All right. They are fucking awesome and they're why you play the game but it's just like i want to play live and let die and then be fucking stoked that i unlock the album mode rather than be like oh no i gotta play this fucking thing before i can play my next song and make some points happen when i like slash solo i'm like actively like oh fuck man it's slash solo Ah, uh, and I won't time out a mode. Like, I've got standards. So I will try to hit the record and then lock the fucking ball and get to the next phase of it, and it kills me invariably. And honestly, the one mode that I'm tired of this game, even though it's a save mode, I fucking... I almost hate it when I drain out and I have to play Coma. Like, I should probably just figure out how to disable Coma. Because I'm just like, oh, Coma ball save, great. Just give me the fucking ball back. You know what? Just turn it into a ball save, please. <laughs> don't make me play that fucking gurney mode it's a cool mode like the first few times i played it, i'm like ah oh, fuck coma this is amazing now that i played coma a bunch of times i'm like ah oh, fuck coma this is not amazing at least it's doable i'm like wizard of oz fuck yeah. that safe mode what is it the toto. rainbow toto yeah, yeah fuck yeah. that yeah, so it's a little hard to earn so what do i know about the new code it's there okay there's a, there's, there's a new mode I don't want to play it. I do want to play it just to see it. Because the wizard modes are the the mini, the album modes. They're not wizard modes. I hate it when people call them wizard modes because they're really easy to get to. Yeah. The album modes are really cool. Like, every one of them has potential. They just need to add a zero to the scoring. You know, break down the wall. Cool. Shall we play a game? Cool. Desert Demolition has the potential to be cool. Uh, and uh, uh, Thirst for Carnage would, would definitely be the coolest. If you can win it. <laughs> Sing it, brother. <laughs> I mean, the game's running multi-ball heavy. How about we turn them all into multi-balls, huh? <sighs> Throw another ball in there. Fuck it. Give me a ball saver. 
It's Guns N' Roses. It's got like a six-minute per game play time. Fuck, I mean, just bump it up. Well, maybe they'll do that on uh, Halloween or uh, Ultraman. That game is fucking cool as balls, though. It is so good. Halloween or Guns? Guns. I don't know about Halloween. I haven't Guns played it yet. Badass game. They really Guns is fucking... That game is amazing. Yeah, it is amazing. I know some people in this room didn't fall in love with it, and I'm really happy that they didn't. Okay, so if you had to pick Halloween or Ultraman, what would you pick? You know what? At first, I would have said Ultraman because I thought it looked better in still pictures, but when I watched the stream of them both, it's fucking Halloween all day, every day. I'll agree with that. I haven't even watched the stream, but I don't give a shit about the Ultraman theme. And I think I'll be I'll be the uh, odd man out. I think Halloween does nothing for me as a pinball theme. I love the movie. I, I don't think it quite catches me the way that, that Ultraman does, because I think I... And I'm not even, I did not watch Ultraman at all. What I like about Ultraman is the general, neat sci-fi themed, old school sci-fi theme of a pinball machine. I think that's what does it for me the most. You've got to watch the stream. Oh, okay. Because yeah. was, I was the same way. I was like, look, Halloween's fine. It's not even my favorite slasher flick. But I mean, you know, it's especially the people of our age. It's probably one of the, the first horror movies that we all saw, you know, and I mean, it's definitely got a quality to it. And Ultraman was a, a show that I watched a few times as a kid, but just like in general, I like anime, I like Rubber Monsters, Power Rangers, whatever. So I'm like, Ultraman, it's fucking bright and colorful. It looks really, really neat. Like when you see them both in still pictures, you think Ultraman. Right. And then you play them both or you watch them both in motion and the game just makes so much more sense as Halloween. Hmm. Like, you see what they did with the Halloween theme and that play field. And, like, I saw that play field and I said, that game's going to play like fucking garbage. Like, that game's going to be junk. I don't know what they're thinking. And then you see it in motion and you watch them play it and you just sort of go like, damn, that actually looks kind of cool. Like, and then you, then they switched over. This was the, was it Dead Flip that did it? I think it was yeah. Dead Flip. Yeah, because they were joking that bug looked like, uh, that grown-up bug looks like Jack Danger's son. <laughs> and Charlie showed up with his birth certificate and said, no, he's mine. Um, <laughs> but then they, they, they whooped over and they played Ultraman. And it's just like, everything seems so much more done. The display work was a lot better. The stuff on the play field, like, all really seemed to flow better. I mean, just fucking Halloween looked like it was fucking cool, man. Well, I hope we get a chance to play it. That's Shannon, uh, we have a guy in the group. Shannon has one on the way. He has a Halloween on the way. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. Either the and Joe has an Ultraman, game. so yeah. we will definitely get to see him. The themes don't do anything for me. They just never watched Ultraman. Like, you've seen the movie Halloween. It's a good slasher flick. But I'm not, like, a horror movie fanatic, so it'll be fun to play. Hopefully. Yeah. I just hope that it's the beginning of Spooky getting more horror films. I can't wait till they do Showgirls. I they love have, that what's your favorite? What's your favorite scary movie? Showgirls. No, that's my favorite horror movie. <laughs> your favorite horror movie? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Come on. Dan doesn't like puns. Oh, I, I love Punishment. You know, for me... That was, that was from Scary Movie. No. What's your favorite scary movie? This is a movie. I said horror movie. No, no, no. But that was a movie. Scary movie. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. yeah. Or was it Scary Movie? No, a Scream. That was Scream. Scary Movie was the parody. Yes. God, that'd be fucking great, though, if they got the Scary Movie license into the Scary Movie. Fuck. 
Fuck, that'd be amazing. You know, any any pinball machine where they did like parody of something, I think would be very cool. Like yeah. a Naked Gun pinball machine could be, or even Weird Al. What are those comedian shit? Dude, about? either of those would be great. Like Weird Al, I would I would murder somebody in this room to get one. Sorry, guys. And I'll, they, I'll, I'll take one for the team on that. Yeah, man. Naked oh, Gun, I would definitely want to play. Yeah. You know. the, weird Al, the, problem with, the problem with Naked Gun is with uh, with Leslie Nielsen being gone and uh, George, what's his name, being gone, who plays his commander guy. <laughs> and OJ being in prison. And... Yeah, fucking and OJ being in prison. Yeah, there wouldn't really be... And Eric Smith's dead. There really wouldn't be anybody to do the voice work on it. Right. Yeah, it'd have to be all movie clips. Yeah. Um, or voice actors. As far as Weird Al, Weird Al would be great. UHF would be like, I'll sell a kidney. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, just any any sort of Weird Al theme. And, you know, again, everyone's like, oh, well, what about the licenses? What about the parodies? This, this, that. Al's got so much music that's not parodies, or you know, oh, yeah. or it's, it's style parodies. It's not, like, licensed parodies. And there's so much goodwill for Weird Al in the music community. He could make it happen if he wanted it to happen. Yep. And the licenses for the parodies wouldn't be an issue. You know, it would be a great game for like an American pinball to make, you know. Maybe it wouldn't be quite big enough for Stern and Jersey Jack would probably be like severe overkill and wishful thinking. But like an American pinball or like a spooky pinball could really make something of Weird Al as a game. And probably sell a good amount of games because there are a Fuck ton of Weird Al fans out there. Oh yeah, no, yeah, they sure could. So and we and we spend unbelievable amounts of money on Weird Al stuff. <laughs> there's not much to buy, unfortunately. No, no, there's not. He doesn't over merchandise himself. Um, I'll give you my quick thoughts on on uh, Halloween and uh, Ultraman. When I first heard Ultraman, I went, "Oh yeah, I remember watching that as a little kid." But it was like. It didn't click, you know, because it was like, I haven't watched this since I was like six, okay? Six or seven at the latest. Halloween, dig the movies well enough. Yeah, this will be fun. Not, you know, I'm not, oh my God, I got to have this. And then I saw it and I went, Halloween, okay, pretty cool. And then Ultraman, I heard the music and saw the film clips and everything. And it brought, like, all of a sudden it was like it opened this little door to my fucking youth and went, oh, that is so cool. I have not seen the gameplay videos yet, so that's where I'm at with it. But I know they're yeah, starting to just the Halloweens. And yeah, I got, just the, the death Spooky line. deserves so much goodwill because they, you know, they give so much. They deliver what they deliver, you know? And uh, I wish them nothing but the best of luck. And I look forward to playing both of them. I just wish they wouldn't sell out before before anyone gets a chance to put their hands on them, but that's the world we live in these days. Any game's going to sell out. Any, any, well, any game. Yeah. You knew it was going to happen after Rick and Morty. Oh, Because yeah. everybody was going to be so... And the same thing happened with, uh, you know, they they sold through all of their, uh, their first game, you know, by the skin of their teeth. They sold their 150. And then everybody's like, oh, my God, they sold out of the first one, so they bought out the second one. And the second one was kind of a bomb. Nobody really loved it. And so then Alice Cooper, you could get an Alice Cooper. And then their next title, you know, they did TNA and you could get a TNA. TNA's unlimited. And then, yeah, they announced that Rick and Morty and it restarted the cycle. You know, they sold 750 of them in a second. And then this game was was destined to sell out. They're going to be out there. You're already seeing people dumping their pre-orders. And I think that these, these themes are both niche enough to where, like, 
I think a lot of the flippers kind of, you know, they went after it and then they realized, oh, you know, there aren't a lot of just closet Ultraman fans out there. Now, apparently, to hear Spooky talk about it, Ultraman is giant in Japan still. And they're really hoping to kind of establish sort of an overseas thing with this. Plus, I think they played it really smart. They made less Ultramans. And they also put the whole just sort of generic kaiju battle thing in it. And a lot of, like, Godzilla fans will get in on something that's just kaiju because, you know... The rubber monster suit, right, the rubber monster suit is, you know, they're not just into Godzilla, but they're into all those other rubber monsters, too. So it's entirely possible that, like, that's going to find a a fan base that's, you know, you know, not just your Ultraman hardcores, but your rubber monster hardcores, your Power Ranger fans, whatever it is, because, you know, it's going to be similar. You know, Ultraman is basically the genesis of the entire Super Sentai and the Power Rangers thing. But if they really wanted to sell thousands and thousands of units, or if Stern really just wants to fuck with them as bad as everybody thinks that they do, Stern's next game would be Power Rangers. And then all the Ultraman fans would be like, oh, fuck that. We're buying the hell out of this. Sure. <laughs> They'd be like, well, we're going to do all, we're going to do Godzilla for you guys, and we're uh, going to do Power Rangers. So fuck off, guys. There you go. Two birds with one stone. Um, what do we have next? I lost my place. Okay. Um, sorry. Um, well, no, because I was looking up some info for a little bit of information down the road. Um, oh, P3's got a new game coming out. The, yeah. Sorcerer's well, hopefully Apprentice. you know about it because I don't. Oh, Sorcerer's Apprentice? What? Sorcerer's Apprentice, right? Or I don't know. Something. Hold on. Yeah, I missed, I missed out on that one. So I heard that the next P3 game is a license. Hold on, yeah. And I seriously doubt it's a Disney license. No, no, no. It it isn't the. It isn't that. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Yeah, it's not like Mickey and Yensid and all that. I don't think so. No, it doesn't. It's just. It's just. It looks more generic, like um. You know, like just a wizard kind of game, not the Disney version. I just I just saw a still picture of it. So Oh this looks cool. Did you see it yet? Yeah, we're looking at a video of it. So for you viewers at home for watching the YouTube video <laughs> intro of Sorcerer's Apprentice right now. Yeah, so oh, yeah. don't don't sweat it. He'll edit this out. Good. No, I won't. <laughs> he, he's not going to edit this oh, out. I'm not going to edit is, this out. This is going to air live. People, people will get the experience. Well, of, of this. this looks cool. Yeah. yeah I mean, if, if they throw some like art up on this upper play field so it doesn't look so ugly and generic, like if they put a castle facade on there, fuck, I would want a P3. Because I'm just a nut for plastic castles on play fields. What can I say? I am, man. Like I see a plastic castle on a play field and I'm like, I want to own that. That's why I had to have a medieval madness. <laughs> oh man, and I'm and I am super like on on the fence about trying to get into the whatever the next um, ordering because I'd heard about well, them making more. You know, well, I told Mike he could borrow mine, and then after Mike has it, you can have it. Sure, just don't get all retarded on me about it. I, w- I still want to play uh, Heist. It looks really cool. I like the P3 multimorphic platform. There's oh, some... I think P3 yeah, is yeah, is yeah, the it's really cool. fucking coolest thing in pinball. 
I just, they just really need to get something that people want to buy. Cause it's like what, $10,000 for the base setup, which isn't even that expensive these days, right? Right. When and it first comes, came out, it comes with Lexi and yeah. like some games that use the Lexi setup. Yeah. Right. Like they really just need to get something that people really want. With, with, yeah. So, I mean, you know, remember when they brought this out, like everyone's like, well, I can get, you know, two Sterns for the price of one. Uh, right. Because 11,000 yeah, now. Stern Pro is by like, You know, it's a modular right. system. Sorry, what were we saying, boss? No, that's the thing. When it when it when the multimorphic first came out, what six, seven, eight years ago, whatever the hell it was, six, seven years ago, it's like you could still get a Stern Pro for you know five grand, you know, plus maybe tax, and that was it. Um, so you could get two Stern Pros for the price of a multimorphic. Now yeah. it's like, well, I can get one Stern Premium or a multimorphic. So yeah, it's. Or it can get one Jersey Jack game with a really fucked up play field. Or a multi-market. Yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is a great looking like system. It, and it, the games are fun. The thing is, they just they've never had the artistic, they've never had the artistic side of it, right? Like let's Lexi Lightspeed has gone through a couple uh iterations. Yeah. And at best the graphics are functional and the art was passable, right? And you know. They've come up with better games since then. You know, uh, Heist. Heist is, I guess, the big one. Uh, Cosmic Kart Racing, which looks kind of neat. But yeah, it's just like the games are never like, yeah, Cam and Lagoon. The games are just never like, they always have like that clip art, fucking free app sort of look to them. Like they need to get a, uh, a Chris Franchi or something on board. To crank out some art for these things that's going to make them beautiful. Because I've I've come to the decision in my life that like I will not have a game in my collection that does not look as good off as it does on. Like right. fucking just it needs to have good art. And I know that that seems kind of shallow. You know, gameplay is everything. And I guess if a game had really great gameplay but it was ugly, I would I would keep it. But here's the thing, man. I had ACDC. ACDC is unequivocally a good game. And I just couldn't get over the fact that I just never liked how it looked. You know, even even Lucy, just I was just like, oh my god, she is incredibly badly drawn. She is not. She is not the hoochie for me. <laughs> so you know, I mean, just you know, let's let's be fair. Just like it's got to look good, and that's the one thing P three has never had going for it is it does not look good. The <laughs> graphics, you know, the engineering is amazing. It's perfect. It's beautiful. The graphics suck, and the art is just not the best. Yeah, ever since we talked about this, for ever since Metallica hit the the hit the sales floor, um, there's no going back, you know. And then exactly, you know, you bring yeah. in you bring in you know uh, Zombie Yeti, Chris Franchi, um, you know, this host of other you know talented artists, and it's like you're not going back to the clip art or you know you you, you know. Pinball art is back, and it's back in a big, big way. You know, people are going to pay for the total package. They want really good hand-drawn art, and they're not going to settle for anything less. Yeah, you go back to the day, right? You go back to the days of Flash Gordon and Black Knight and Fathom and, you know, Xenon and all those games. Like, those games off are works of art. You know, they're just gorgeous, and, you know, we got away from that for a long time. Games looked very 
tear. I mean, somebody today, I saw an ad for a Terminator 3, right? I think Terminator 3 is an underrated game that's actually got a really cool play field. And if you look at the build quality and the features for the era of Stern, you can tell that, I think it was like Steve Ritchie's first Stern, they really rolled out the red carpet for him. But that game is the ugliest, ugliest pinball machine ever made. It's uglier than ACDC, which I always say is the ugliest pinball machine ever made. No, fucking ACDC is is like, you know, fucking a Da Vinci compared to the just travesty that, that the Terminator art was. The Terminator know. art is really like dog ugly. But you that know, you look at Terminator 2, channels. that's a great looking game. You so know, with the, and the skeleton across the play field. Oh, yeah. Terminator 3, red, ugly, big Photoshop, disinno. Uh, decapitated Arnold head in the middle of the play field. Honestly, if they just took that Arnold head off, the game would look about 10,000 times better. <laughs> no. uh. But yeah, you know, you're not going back after after Metallica came along and brought pinball art back. Yeah, there's no going back. You know, games have to be beautiful. Which, you know, brings me to the next one. Um, I mean, P- yeah, I, I look forward to the P3. We all do. Um, but yeah, they got to step up their art and something like like the Sorcerer Apprentice looks really cool. Maybe that'll be the one. Um, yeah, I mean, if they stick a castle, if they stick a castle on that, like I'm gonna have to fucking figure out how to get a P3. There you go. Well, uh, Cactus Canyon's finally been announced officially, and I guess they're doing something a little bit with the art, and it's not going to be the continued, but they say it's got more complete uh, code. That's the hot rumor. So. For what it's worth, I like that game, and I think it shoots pretty good. And I love the theme. So, it does have something that can compete with Cactus Cannon Continued. They're wasting their time. That game is boring with the original code. It's not very fun. Cactus Cannon Continued code made that game an entirely, completely different game, and it's great. Yeah, it is a lot of fun with the Continued code. I'll give you that. Yeah, Continued, I mean, the cool thing about Continued is it's got kind of an anarchy to it. Like, you can tell that it's it's a fan project, but it's a fan project by someone who knew what the fuck they were doing and and went into it with the vision. And, you know, it, it steals assets and it uses music that they probably don't have the rights to, but they reached out and they got the real voice actors and, and there's... There's surprisingly brutal dot work, you know, when the girl gets killed by the train and, you know, like it's, it's such a fucked up experience, you know, just that's the nicest way I can put it. It really makes Cactus Canyon and Cactus Canyon is famous for one reason. It's the last traditional game. That's it. It's the last traditional Bally Williams pinball and they made 700 of them or 800 of them. There aren't that many out there. You know, the rules themselves were always kind of ultra unfinished feeling. It's a great play field. Yeah. The guns on the on the apron, the drop targets, you know, the, the posts that grab the ball from either side so that you can have the shootouts, the rising and falling mine, the animated or just the uh, articulated uh, cowboy head. Yeah. That's the bash toy, the train. It's a great play field. It just never had software to back it up. I don't think the software necessarily has to be Cactus Canyon continued. Although, man, that Cowboys and Aliens mode, just fucking I love it. I got a great YouTube video of it if you ever want to see it. But uh, honestly enough, it's just like it's got to have some code, you know. And and 
I don't know who finished the code. I know they said they talked to the original teams. I know that Lyman Sheets is apparently at CGC now. That's the rumor I've heard. Right. Uh, you know, maybe he's got his hands on it. But I mean, if anybody can turn, you know, a game with a game with an interesting history and potential into something that's really, really good, it's him. I love the sound and the art. Uh, I would love for there to be a reason in my life to actually buy a Cactus Canyon because I've I borrowed one uh, in the continued trim. I know Brian got to borrow it in pre-continued trim. Uh, yeah, it's it's a cool game. I just, you know, I just was never going to spend $10,000 or more on it, you know. And depending on what CGC can get it out there for, you know, if, if they're getting it out for, if they're staying around Stern Pro pricing for their classic and maybe a little bit more for the special, you know, maybe I would figure out a way to make one happen. But... Well, you know, if they're sticking at still the Stern Pro prices for the classic, pick one up, leave it in the box, and wait a year. Okay, trust me, it'll go up in value. Well, and here's the thing, right? As soon as you decide to do that, is when it doesn't go up in value. Yeah, right. You know, like there's just there's that law of diminishing returns. You can't, you know, eventually everybody tries to flip, and that's why flippers are bad for the hobby. You know, speculation you know, creates bubbles, bubbles always pop. Right now, those of us who own games, we're feeling pretty good. All of our games just went up in value $500 because, or at least $250, because as new games go, used games go. The cost of entry in pinball just went up. Yep. You know, my Mandalorian did not get any cheaper because Stern moved their price up, you know. Great. Congratulations to me. If I was going to sell it, I'd be really happy. You know, but on the flip side, if I start buying games because I feel like they're going to go up in value and putting them in a box in the corner, number one, I'm a fucking dick because I'm keeping them away from somebody who really wants them and is going to open that game and play it and enjoy it and share it with his buddies. And number two, I'm fucking investing seven thousand, eight thousand dollars in something that may or may not go up in value and I could get left holding the bag. Right. Now, I'm not trying to say that if you do flip games, you're a dick. Nope, that's exactly what I'm saying. You dirty flippers, go to hell. There you go. <laughs> well, with that said... If, if you listen has... to this game and you're a flipper, Spencer hates you. No, nah, you know what, man? I really don't care. Uh, um, I mean, we said all we can say about Cactus Canyon, pretty much. So, more Medieval Madness remakes, they announced, will be made, but not until 2022. 2022 is not that far away. Or did it say 2023? I think it said 2023 because I'm like, it's a lot. Yeah, 2023, I think. Chicago Gaming never said they were done making Medieval's Attack from Mars or Monster Bash. No, they just got other stuff. They got, okay, they got, finally, they've got Cactus Canyon coming out in a few weeks. They've got uh, the the return of uh, uh, Mark Ritchie. They got his game. They've got the Ben Heck game. You know, their stable's full for a while. And so intermittently, in between games, they can run another batch of Medieval. They can run another batch of Attack Mars. God knows they'll sell. You know, no problem. I mean, you know, people want those games. I want those games. I want an Attack Mars in the worst way. So, But here's the question. How much are they going to sell for? Well, right. I'm thinking the Medieval Madness, it'll probably be another run of just the standards. And they'll run them at probably around eight grand because they know they well, can get it. Were already eight thousand dollars, right? Yeah, 
Base? The base. They they yeah, never had a six thousand dollar answer for medieval. Their, right. Their base was eight thousand because that's what they started as. That's what they kept it as. Right. Apparently, it was some sort of weird half-ass thing where they didn't want to fuck people who'd already bought them. Which you know they kind of did when they released a more limited edition. Thanks, guys. Uh, but at least they gave us an upgrade path, an affordable upgrade path, to where we could have spent about the same money as a uh, as a royal right. edition, and we could have pretty much all the royal features, and in fact, all the royal features if we were willing to do some some extra work. So okay, great. Then they had the sixty five hundred dollar attack from Mars classic. And then they had the $6,000 Monster Bash Classic, at which point they moved the attack from Mars Classic down. Those were by far the best deals and maybe the history of pinball. Well, I mean, other than Closeout Williams games back in the 90s. Like a $6,000 brand new attack from Mars or Monster Bash. And no matter how you feel about remakes versus originals, and yes, there are differences. They're not exactly the same. Get over it. Um... It's just one of those things where it was like buying a Monster Bash for a Stern Pro price. Fuck, that was a great deal. And then yep. if you wanted to spend another $1,500, you could get the XL display and the color-changing lighting and the slightly nicer figures. Those were great deals. I can't believe they're not going up in price a 1000 bucks. I just can't. Well, we don't know if they are. If they're not. We don't. But my speculation is that they probably are. In two yeah. years, who knows? Yep. Yeah. You know, it would make if, sense. if Stern's going to go up in price $500 at the pro level, I mean, it would be absolutely insane. If they come out with $6,000 attack from Mars and Monster Bashes again, it's on tape. Mark my words, I'm buying both. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. I don't need them, but I'll buy them because I'll, I'll feel stupid for having missed the deal the first time. Because those that's just a fucking, that's a fucking great deal. Even though by all stand by all standards, the special editions, the middle one, is the best deal because you get the XL display, you get the built-in, you get the included color chip, and you get the extra features. And I think it was a thousand or fifteen hundred extra dollars. By the time you did all the math on the upgrades, you came out way ahead. But yeah, you were never going to beat those games. You know, fucking what a great deal. Well, you're going to get to see some stuff in the maybe, maybe, doubtful, but just maybe at the next pinball show, you might get to see and play the new uh, Cactus Canyon remake. So, because uh, we have shows coming it's up. It's going to be an expo, right? Well, we have expo coming up in October. I didn't even announce that because, okay, well, damn, now I got to look up online. So, they did ex- well, they did, ex- they did uh, Monster Bash at Expo. No, I, I know they did Medieval at Expo, and that was giant. And I'm sure they announced Attack at Expo. So I'm sure that if they're going to do a Cactus reveal, they'll do it at Expo. And yeah, I'm yeah. sure it'll have cool armor, and I'm sure it'll have a great-looking topper, and I'm sure it'll have color-changing lighting. It's supposed to be an interactive topper. And a large display. The topper for it, they've announced it's going to be like a special interactive topper. Good, I hope so. Well, okay, so we have, we have three pinball shows coming up in October that I'm aware of. Okay, Um, the first one is the longest running pinball show west of the Mississippi, our own Pinagogo. Um, And that's October 8th through 10th in Dixon, California. It's the Dixon Mayfair. And you can just, you know, type in, just Google Pinagogo if you don't know. If you're listening to the show, you already know Pinagogo. Um, Yeah, probably, huh? Pretty much. Um, Wait, what's this thing called? 
Can we go go? Uh, not well, gonna... it used to be called Golden State Pinball Festival, Pin but we can't figure out how to put one of those together. So we moved well, it to hey. October and we call it Pinagogo now. There you go. <laughs> um, and yeah, and then um, I'm not I'm not going to make it out for Pinagogo. God willing, if there's a Golden State this coming May, I'll be there. Um, it, it's just too soon, too long. Well, if there's Pinagogo, we'll let you know how it is. Yeah, man. Well, you know what? You come back and give me a trip report. I want to go to that Rocky Mountain show, man. Yeah, man. That's the next one. That's the Rocky Mountain um, Rocky Mountain Pinball Showdown, Pinball and Arcade Game Room Game Show thing. And that's uh, that's at the Denver Marriott in Denver, Colorado. And that's coming up October 22nd through 24th. And, uh, yeah, I'm really excited because that's – that's a four-hour drive. It's like an yeah. I was hoping I could like crash at your house and go to it, but now I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Why don't you just fly to Colorado? Well, that's Colorado. what I would do, right? Fly to Colorado, and then like instead of getting a hotel, I'd go to Spencer's, but he lives four hours away. Yeah. Just go. Maybe it, maybe it's open by then. You just go crash at Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita's. Casa Bonita. Casa Bonita did reopen a few months ago. It has ago. not reopened. What's that? Not reopened. It's been purchased. Yeah, they're. they're the South Park guys are in the plans for repur for buying it and then reopening it, but it has not reopened yet. Oh, I, I heard it reopened, but only on a limited basis. They were doing tours, and that's it. Nothing else. Oh, okay. If you're that- going to go, go quick, man. Those celebrity restaurants never last long. Yeah. I, no, I would wait forever. because Casa Bonita. Huh? It's a staple. Uh, yeah, but it's closed. Yeah. Casa if, Bonita. If Trey Parker and Matt Stone buy it, it's a, then it's going to be a different thing. No, they, they, cool, want, though. they want to keep it the same and, it, and would, make the food better. And that was some of the worst Mexican food I've ever had. Like, it made El Torito and places like that seem legitimate. It yeah, was you're right. Except Sopapillas. The Sopapillas were actually pretty yeah. good. The desserts were When I went, they were not very good. Uh, and and the mariachi bands and the cliff diving. Okay, like, so you've been there too. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually made a point to go there. My my wife's uh, was was raised in Colorado. And so when I saw it in South, South Park and then realized it existed, it was like, oh, we're going. Next time we visit your family, we're, gonna, yeah. we're stopping at Casa Bonita. <laughs> and we did. And it was glorious. And the arcade was there, and it was every bit of a cafeteria Mexican food place it as, as it could ever be. Yeah. Well, it's like a Mexican Chuck E. Cheese, right? Like, that's but just what it looks like. So much more, though. Like, yeah. we're talking four, uh, it's, it's got a height to it. So, I mean, imagine it's got an indoor diving pool where people. It's like a show. And it, it is a little show, and then there's all this. I would say it's more like Disneyland, where they they yeah. make the entire area around it also feel like you're inside a jungle, like in the Mexican. Did you ever get to go to any of the old Chuck E. Cheese's? Nah. Spencer can probably back me up at this. Chuck E. Cheese used to be badass. Fuck yeah! Like it was, it wasn't probably as fancy as Casa Bonita. No. I can probably remember, especially no. being a Bay Area kid. Oh, yeah. But like Chuck E. Cheese used to be really intricate, mm-hmm. and you know, it was it was more than just an arcade with terrible pizza. It had like, you know, it was a theater. That was the whole idea was it was the pizza time theater and they had a whole stage show and everything that happened. And it was really dope. So I saw Casa Bonita on South Park and it was fucking, you know, it was funny as hell. And I heard that it's a real place and it's super cool. And I would love to go there. And I hope that like the South Park guys buy it and they make it successful and they keep it open forever. So maybe I'll get a chance to. But uh what it comes down to is like yeah man i would love to to have an opportunity to go to this uh to this colorado pinball show because i've been to the 
I've been to the Washington Pinball Show, and it was fucking cool. Casa Bonita is the Six Flags version of the Blue Bayou. There you go. Yes. That's, that's the best way to put it. Not bad. No, that's dope. But it's, yeah. The theming is amazing. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, so I'm looking forward to Casa Bonita. I'm looking forward to checking out the Rocky It looks Mountain. like an old spaghetti factory on steroids. There you go. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to checking out the, the Denver show. Um, you know, it's funny. They still haven't announced the California stream is Ah, yeah. <laughs> They're really, they we really, out of time to announce those. Yeah. <laughs> they really wanted to, like I said, just, you know, the, the, the Delta variant thing really, really fucked that. Right. You know, cause they were, they were ready. Like they, they had the hotel wanted it. They wanted it. And apparently the guy, the largest bringers of games were in. Well, yeah, because it's the show that helps them pay the rent for their storage. But yeah, you know, it just didn't end up happening. Well, I mean, you know, I'm not going to damn them for that. You know, well, but, yeah, the Delta variant screwed stuff up, and you know, the Southwest variants coming. Then you have the JetBlue variant. Oh, just go through all the airlines. The American Airlines variant. There you go. Well, some interesting news on uh, United Expo. TWI or TWA. The original Pinball Expo is for that's right now. They're still they're still a go. And they're in a new location because the number one bitch the last few years that I've heard was their other location. Just they didn't want them there. They were dicks. So they're in a new location, the Renaissance Schaumburg Convention Center Hotel, uh, 1551 North Thoreau Drive in Schaumburg, Illinois. And uh, it's October 27th through 30th. It's, it's, this is the original, man. This is, you know, the Pinball Expo. But honestly, with everything I've seen and heard in the last decade about the Pinball Expo, it's at the very bottom of the list for me to want to go to. Um, Denver Show. If you're into the industry and the business of pinball, Expo is the one. Because Expo is is Expo is at right at its at its most base. It is the professional pinball show. You know, and again, it's still where like, you know, you see the most big announcements. Now, Texas had gotten really, really big for that. Uh, you know, but I think that if you're into the pinball industry, I think that Expo is probably where you're going to, you know, you're going to meet the most insiders. You're going to hear the most inside information. You probably have the best chance of seeing a big launch. Like I said, I'm sure if CGC has Cactus to show off early, that's where it's going to be. But, you know, especially with no TPF going down. But, you know, uh, you know, I think that in terms of like what I would want to do at a pinball show, yeah, I'm not going to Expo. Like it just doesn't sound, it, you know, Seminars and announcements are all great, but yeah, apparently it doesn't have the biggest and best free play room. It doesn't have the biggest and best showroom for uh, for uh, parts and stuff like that. You know, it's just it's it's about the business of pinball, and to some people, that's what it's about. I know that uh, I know that OD wants to go. In fact, I think he's he planning. I think he's planning to go with his uncle or his cousin or something. It's like, oh, you should go with us. I'm just like, man, I'll, I'll go to Pinagogo. Have a real low low key time with some beer, pinball, and King of the Losers. Uh, but yeah, I'm probably not going to schlep out to Expo to go play pinballs. I got pinball machines at home. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I want to go to the Seattle show. I've heard nothing but good things about that. I want to great go to, show. Yeah, I want to go to the Midwest Gaming Classic. I've heard nothing but good things. The York show. I mean, there's all these shows all over America and even the world, man. That I like to doing? go to. I think he did. What's that? 
Yeah, no, I, I have hurt himself with his watch. Yeah, his watch is killing uh, him. No, and I agree. It was like if if you haven't been to any of our out in any of the out of state shows, if you've just been to the California shows, they're nice. They have a different uh, they have a different vibe. You know, I've been to Tacoma twice, the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show. Had a great time both times. One time I went just kind of solo. One time I went with William. And uh, yeah, man, you know, just super friendly collectors, super enthusiastic. It's on the top floor of like a three or four story convention center, which is really weird because you're way above the ground and you're playing pinball, uh, you know, which, you know, compared to our California shows, everything's ground level. So that just had a really weird, uh, a really weird quality to it. But yeah, man, I can't recommend more. Like, that's why I'm like, hey, man, how far is this, this, you know, and maybe, you know, because when I went to Northwest, I like drove in from uh, Prosser that day and that was probably three or four hours. So it's like, maybe I will like, you know, figure out my way out to your guys's place and roll to that show for a day and fuck around and roll back to your guys's house and hang out for a day or so. And then, you know, fly home. There you go. You know, figure it out. But I'll probably plan to take some time off around PAGG and, uh, this year probably be a little closer to home. Yeah, yeah, man. Well, that's the thing. You know, I got the Denver show close, so close now. A lot it's a must. Money. It's a must do. You know. We need a streaming rig. So. Yeah, no, you should go, dude. Especially again if it's four hours from your house. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we look. We actually looked right. at- I can fly to Denver and meet you there. You can give me a ride home. There you go. No, that's there you go. No, to your house. <laughs> oh, to, yeah, to my house. Yeah, yeah. No, that'd be good. Um. Yeah, man. I can help you Escalera some games downstairs. There you go. Yeah, I'm excited about getting that Escalera. So, and I'm excited about the shows, man. It's just nice to have shows back again. You know. Well, let's hope. Yeah, let's. Wood that yeah. Uh, you know we can keep our masks on and keep getting our shots, and uh, we don't fuck it up yeah, for right. ourselves. Yeah. Right. No, that's that's. Uh, yeah, I want everybody to keep safe, which gets us about to uh, our shout outs and thank yous, and I'll let you guys in any order you want. Start with any shout outs or thank yous or anything else you want to talk about. In fact, before we get to that, Brian, do you have any repair log stuff you want to talk about? My white wire is a piece of shit. Okay. It is, <laughs> it is broken as hell. Every time Welcome I, home, Whitewater. Yeah, every time I touch it, something else breaks. That thing uh, never broke for 10 years at your house. You loaned it out, went to one show. So we'll blame him. There you it, go. It's been on a world tour. And he did some amazing work on my white water. Oh, I got yours fixed. Yeah. And it hasn't broken, so I know it's not my bad luck. My game is just cursed. If, if you go onto the uh if you go onto the CCPL page, you will see that Cheddar has begun to swap onto my creature. I saw that. And it, it looks it looks astonishing. Uh I want to throw a shout out to the CCPL uh coordinators, uh Steven, Mike, David. Thank you guys for putting getting league back up and running. Uh, I know that everybody is having a great time. It is it is absolutely good to be back. Uh, thank you to Shannon for hosting uh, Folsom League last week. Thank you to Henry for hosting Lodi League next week. And our, our standard hosts, which are Mike and Adam, uh, you guys are, are making it happen. And thanks to everyone who comes in place. Uh, you know, I missed it terribly. It is a little weird without Mr. Gone and Rusty there. But at the same time, fuck those guys. Uh, they thought Wyoming sounded really, really cool, and uh, now they're there. Yeah, I, I love it. No, no pinball league for like a year and three months. We pull out of the fucking driveway in the U-Haul. It's like fuck those assholes. League's back on. You figured it out. That was all we were waiting for. <laughs> like you guys didn't like wait a week to announce that shit. 
So, no, I'm happy for you guys, man. That's all I ever wanted is just League to be back, you know? So, and I'm going to be coming out. I'm probably, I don't know when. I'm sure before Christmas, I'm going to have to fly back out for business anyway. So, Well, we're only doing one season this year. So well, there won't be a winter. I don't think there, there's going to be a winter season. You guys are a pain in the ass. <laughs> uh, it all depends. The day you leave, they'll because, because we know that depends. you're coming. But as soon as you leave, we're going to start league next week. Yep. No, but seriously, it's just like, you know, if, uh, if uh, you know, you, uh, if you were still here, you know, it would, it would, it would be perfect. But, yeah, man. Thank you. Um, miss you guys too. I really do. Um, but I love it. Here. Oh, I didn't say we missed you. Yeah, I that. just need the. I just yeah, need, he did. He I just, I just, I just, I just need the easy points. <laughs> well, he I saw the, he saw the message the I left, right? Yeah, you see how he's been playing in the league. Not great. Yeah, I, you do you see the message I, I left on the league uh, message board for the first night. No, I blocked you years ago. Yeah, for, for the first <laughs> night back and I was like, "Hey, everybody, miss you. Have a good time." Give give flash score or no give Funhouse the finger for me and say fuck yeah. a lot. So <laughs> and Rick did actually. Rick gave Flash Gordon the finger for you right in, on. in the Spencer go, style. Ready to go, way to go, Rick. Adam's Flash Gordon is finicky. You can have just an amazing game on it, and then twenty minutes later, it's like three house balls. You know that thing is really finicky. So, Rick waxed it. That shit's unplayable now. Oh, yours really? is so much, yours is so much nicer. Uh, I'm going to wax mine just to be an asshole when you get here. It'll probably still be easier than Adam's. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, thank, big thanks to all the to all the league people. And nice. th- big thanks to you for having for having the podcast. Yeah. I, oh, dude, always, man. I, it's, it's, I enjoy it so much. Just getting together and just, you know, yammering about pinball. Oh, uh, Brian, you, uh, you did have a successful repair. You, I know you got your, uh, your, your, uh, fun house back up and running. Oh, it's not back together yet. Um, I had, there's a broken, I don't even know what the part's called, a little rubber piece at the bottom of the, uh, the koi, the kick out for his mouth. I ordered that. Oh, I've got here. some of those. I already got it. I just oh, got to okay. stick it in. Then I got to stick Rudy in, but I still got to fix all three of my sound boards. Um, the one for white water blew out a capacitor because a small little strand of wire fell from the game somewhere and landed across the cabinet leads. Um, the original one for the funhouse, I thought I, well, I, I fixed it a couple of years ago when the amp went out and the amp, either the amp or the capacitor for it blew out again. And then the spare one that came out of the Haunted Cane is also having problems. It's my garage games with the exception of Whirlwind. Are not being very fun right now. Yeah, I'm allowed to have one working game at the house right now. It seems so. Are you getting there? No house. <gasps> You're getting uh, there. You know, you'll get it. So. Oh no, it will. Pinball breaks. I understand that. I get it. It's just it's frustrating on the whitewater. Uh, you know, got the five volts fixed. Plugged it in. Blew up the soundboard. Uh, okay, fine. Uh, got the. Got the uh, the switch and the, for the control on um, the coin door working great. Then the opto pair, that's the entrance for the disaster drop went out. And to get to that, you got to take apart the entire goddamn game. Uh, everything that's the, just the very bottom ramp on the right. And to get to that opto pair, I got to take every ramp and mini play field out to get to it. And now that you have a rotisserie, 
It's too, I, I got to get the parts together to do the cleaning. I'm not putting it back. I'm not swapping it in with all that dirty shit. Let's it's going to get let's fixed and done take right. take the play field out and get no, started on it. I'm doing it right. That's what I'm saying. Let's take the play yeah. field out. We'll do, a, we'll do a, an out. Everything's going to get clean. Stuff's going to get replaced. Cool. I want it so I don't have to worry about it for a while. Cool. At least 20 minutes. <laughs> if not more. Yeah, 25. Yeah, we'll, we'll aim big. Good for three plays. <laughs> Upwards of two games. But thank you for those eyelids, by the way. Oh, bro, you know what, man? Happy to help. I just, I know, I know they're getting harder to find, and I happen to see them, and I was like, fuck it, I'm buying them, you know? Before the we... eyelids, they, they started reproducing them. They haven't done Rudy's yet. The red one looks fine. I'm not upset about that. And, you know, the old ones, those are probably the original ones. They just finally broke. Yeah. Um, you know, they were what, 35 years old now, or however old that game is. Yeah, 1990. Uh, classic so. last forever. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, 30, 31, 32, something like that. Hey, man, a piece of plastic, 30, 31, 32 years, getting hammered around inside a, a box with lights. My, yeah, my, my fun house has been fairly reliable, and my Rudy's been fairly reliable, but he's also, just like my fun house, absolutely filthy. Uh, I don't remember when I last shot that came out, maybe 2005. Wow. Um, it's dirty. It, it needs some love. It'll get it eventually. There you go. You got your shout outs and thank yous? I think no. that's it. Okay. Yeah, not for me. That's uh, Dan Coverdome. I appreciate you having me on. Oh, brother. It's it's good to have you on, man. It's good to hear your voice. I miss you guys. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man. It's. Uh, I, you know, I my shout outs. I'm kind of like just like man. I'm just glad. You know, I miss you guys. I'm happy you're all doing well and everybody's doing well. Say, uh, shout out to to Andrew and Kendra who got married today, and congratulations to them. And uh, you know, wish them well. Um, everybody who's dodging fires, man. I just wish that you stay safe, and uh, and everybody you know stay away from the COVID, um, and you know keep doing what you're doing. Uh, Man, it's just good to be here. I, I love being here. I, I, you know, I want you guys to come visit and, you know, share what, you know, what Wyoming has to offer. Um, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm digging it here, you know, so I'm liking it a lot. And, uh, you know, still doing the podcast, starting to meet people, making a new friend or two. It's going to be good. For sure, for sure. Uh, Things will work out. Oh, yeah. And like I said, I'm going to be coming back from time to time. In fact, literally probably 10 minutes before we set up, I was on the phone with my daughter. She's doing good. My son-in-law is making guitars, so they're doing good. Good. So, you know, other than, the, you know, the fire and the smoke, we got the smoke out here, too. So, you know, so it, it travels. All right, guys. Well, we're going to wrap up episode 40. And uh, thanks for coming on and hanging tonight and talking. The big 4-0. The big 4-0. <laughs> 40 all at the same time. So, all right, guys. Well, this has uh, been from the uh, no longer the kitchen table studios, but uh, from, uh, well, <laughs> uh, Jeff's, Jeff's upstairs studio. And uh, um, you're in Fair Oaks, right, Jeff? In uh, OV, Orangeville. Orangeville. Orangeville, Cal beautiful, sunny Orangeville, California. And me at the... Uh, the Dungeon Studios in uh, Casper, Wyoming. And this has been episode 40. So you guys know the words. Play pinball.
Keep America strong. And that's it, man. And we're out. So we'll play the exit music and see if it actually records. Damn, that's loud. And Alex, Tacos. and Alex loves pizza. <laughs>